When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Inside NC State Athletics Podcast, powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Haynes and Jeff Grabley. We hope all of you had a great July 4th holiday, and we thank you for joining us. This is episode number 53 of Inside NC State Athletics Podcast. It is powered by PNC Bank. I'm Tony Haynes. My podcast partner is Jeff Gravely, and we look forward to spending this time with you. And we're going to kind of kind of recap the sports year for NC State Athletics. And it, all things being equal, it's been a, a tremendous year for NC State athletes, coaches, for the athletic department, overcoming a lot of obstacles. Obviously, many of you listening right now still have a little bitter taste in your mouth following what happened at the College World Series. This is our first podcast since the College World Series. So we'll touch on that a little bit. But we have so many other things to uh, discuss and a lot of good news because it was a quality year for NC State athletics. I don't think there's any question about that, Jeff. No, it, it really was. And when you look at big picture of the entire athletics department, the 23 sports that's offered and the success that we have, so many success stories to talk about. And um, and yeah, baseball is one of those success stories. I, I think if we look at the overall season of what 
that team accomplished, it's pretty amazing uh, from where it started, getting a chance to play for the ACC championship and going to Omaha and being one of the final four teams. Uh, uh, if you were to told uh, the team that at the beginning of the year, they would take it. It's just hard to accept the way it ended, but we'll dive into that a little bit too. So today is podcast number 53 and a couple of athletes to, to look at. You know, I, I, I thought I remember, I, I had this in memory, but I had to look it up. Artis Gilmore wore number 53. The hmm. former Gardner-Webb uh, played two years at Gardner-Webb and then went on to Jacksonville and obviously in the ABA and the NBA. Uh, 18 years, started out with the Kentucky Colonels playing with those red, white, and blue basketballs. Folks, if you had, have never seen an ABA game or highlights, Google it. It'll be entertaining. First of all, the ball was different. You know, some of the best players to ever play basketball were in the ABA. Artis Gilmore was one. David Thompson was one. Dr. J was one. So, but but I, I couldn't go with Artis. Uh, you know, you, you got Harry Carson, the linebacker from the Giants, pretty good. He's another one that popped to mind. But you and I are in agreement, Tony. We, you know, we we got to go with Don Drysdale. Uh, 14 years in the majors, three World Series. And by golly, if you win the Cy Young the year I was born, I'm going to vote for you to be our representative for number 53. So I'll go with Don Drysdale. That was not a comfortable at bat, Don Drysdale. No, 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 no. When, when, and uh, when if, it's in your you bio, happen, the brushback pitch. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you happen to get him uh, one at bat, probably your next time in the batter's box, he was going to have you moving your feet because yeah, uh, that's right. Don't get comfortable in the box. He didn't, want, he didn't want hitters to get comfortable. So, yeah, he was a tough at bat. That was old school. Those guys, you know, he and Bob sure. Gibson. Bob Gibson, absolutely. Yep. That, uh, you know, hang loose when you're in the batter's box, when you're facing guys like that. Harry Carson. You know, one of the great uh, defenses in the history of football. You got Harry Carson, Carl Banks, and obviously Lawrence Taylor. Maybe, the, but I don't know if they. there's a defense that had three better linebackers playing at the same time. And their defensive coordinator, by the way, was Bill Belichick. There you go. Yep. Back then, right? That's exactly right. A couple uh, others, Mike Webster, who uh, was yeah. uh, played for the Steelers, the center, right? And uh, he wore number 53. So there were a, a number of really solid 53s, but you got to go with Don Drysdale. You know, certainly right. one of the great right-handers we've seen in, uh, in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, one question for you. I mentioned July 4th weekend. With July 4th falling on Sunday, to me, Monday actually felt like July 4th. My right. question to you, did you hear more? I didn't go to fireworks shows. I've been there, done that, you know, at my age. Did, did you hear more fireworks on Sunday night or Monday night? Sunday night pretty much did you yeah okay uh, but it, i heard more on monday night but they were also going on monday and all, all i had to do i could tell when they were going to get started because our dog would just kind of go hide <laughs> our, our little chihuahua is one of those that are afraid of the fireworks so you can kind of yeah. tell when they start and uh but you know there were there were there was a continuing flow from sunday into monday but okay i i enjoyed it i got to see a few of them not that I attended any, but, you know, sometimes you can peer through the trees and you might see a firework or two or somebody, your next door neighbor might be out there blowing up his trash can by accident, but who knows? So the Chihuahua goes to the uh, panic room, I guess. Oh, no question. There's not a specific as bad as it to be, but man, All right. nope, doesn't like it. Well, it's just good to have July 4th again and be able to celebrate 
the way we were celebrating July 4th a couple of years ago. You know, Great we point. <laughs> we didn't have much of that going on a year ago. No. So part of Independence Day, people go shopping and they go buy their fireworks. They do what they do. And, you know, when I show my Wolfpack pride and I make purchases, I use my PNC Bank Visa debit card, which is designed specifically for NC State. It's so good for us Wolfpack fans and alums. It even has the university bell tower on the front of the card always there in my wallet. It can be in your wallet as well. And you can take it anywhere you go. And if you're an existing PNC customer, you can request one too. So at that point, you can make purchases anywhere Visa is accepted. It's the perfect way to show your school spirit. Visit any local PNC bank branch or pnc.com to learn more. PNC Bank is the official bank of NC State University and athletics. And it is a registered trademark of Visa International Service Association and used under license PNC Bank National Association member FDIC. All right, baseball team, uh, good news, something to feel really good about. And again, you did your interview on gopack.com with uh, Chancellor Woodson and athletic director Boo Corrigan, a very insightful interview. And I think Chancellor put it best when he said uh, what happened at the College World Series uh, was a real gut punch. Yep. And I think all PAC fans who fell in love with that team are still feeling it. But we did receive some great news here uh, just a couple of days ago. As uh, in a couple of the postseason baseball polls, NC State finished third, which would match the highest end of season ranking in school history. That's an amazing accomplishment for a team. We have to mention this once again that started one and eight in the <laughs> ACC. Yeah. You can't forget that, you know, I, in the preseason conversation, they were one of the teams that uh, a lot of people had an eye on with an opportunity to go to Omaha. They were preseason ranked in the top 10 and then the bottom fell out. But to me, I think that's part of the great, the great part of this story is where, you know, you, you see those, how it started, how it ended on social media. Well, how it started was not too well and they had to figure a lot of things out, but how it ended uh, as far as the destination with going through, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech going through Arkansas, making it to Omaha, you know, going two and oh. By the way, Tony, uh, of all the teams that made it to Omaha, NC State had the fewest losses of any team in Omaha. They had one. Mm -hmm. They had one. Right. And that was the day of Pac 13 when uh, the, the vaccinated players or those that were available went out there and competed their rear ends off. And to me, I think that kind of adds to the to the lovability of this team and how much respect they gained nationally because there was uh, somebody that put – actually, it was the NC State baseball account that put out the team picture after it was all over and said America's team. And I think that's, that's a great description. There are a lot of people across this nation that may have never heard of NC State baseball before, but by the end of the College World Series, they had. And it was a reason by how they represented themselves – you know, the unfortunate end to the season that, you know, it, 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 it was a gut punch. It was, you know, it was one of those things that you would never want uh, an athlete, a coaching staff or a fan base to have to go through. And, and Tony, we can talk about it uh, in many different angles, but the bottom line that, that really bothers me the most is the insensitivity that the NCAA showed by making the announcement after two o'clock in the morning, after telling NC State, hey, we're going to make this announcement. If you want your players not to see it on social media first, you need to get them together and, and make the announcement and tell them. I just thought that was so insensitive. Why couldn't it have waited till the morning 
um, you know, had, had all options been exhausted? Was there no other way? And, uh, you know, in the interview with the chancellor and, and with AD Boo Corrigan, it was, hey, we're not denying the fact that we had eight positive, eight COVID positives, and the medical experts were going to make the decision uh, on whether this could go forward or not. The combination of the medical experts, the local experts there, and those with the NCAA. But it's just the way it was handled there. It was just it just threw gas on a fire that really needed no more gas poured on it. I totally agree. It, it reminded me of, for some reason, it reminded me of that uh, in the middle of the night, the Baltimore Colts leaving to go to Indianapolis. There you go. Yep. <laughs> you know, you're a Baltimore Colts fan. You know, you wake up the next morning and your team is gone. Well, in this case, NC State was gone from the College World Series. NC State fans were waking up that Saturday morning. Man, I can't wait to watch this game. The winner goes to the College World Series finals. And then all of the information starts trickling out because of that 2.30 in the morning announcement. Uh, it's probably the first thing you saw when you got on Twitter on Saturday morning. And yeah. you don't know how to respond. It was such a, a, a shocking moment to get that information. And you know, why, first off, why, why make that announcement at 2.30 in the morning? Secondly, at least have a representative of the NCAA come out and explain what the rules are. And this is why NC State can't continue. By not explaining it, that only led to more confusion and a lot of the misinformation that was being spread out there. It's like Boo said in your interview with him, hey, look, we agreed to these rules at right. the very beginning, back in September. We know what the rules are. So we're not surprised by that. But a lot of people in the general public, they don't have access to that College World Series or NCAA baseball tournament manual. So they don't know what the specifics are. And the NCAA could have done a much better job of coming out. And if not, you don't have to answer questions from the media, but at least have somebody go to a podium and say, okay, here's what the rules are. And here's why NC State cannot proceed in the tournament. That would have I think that would have calmed the anger down a little bit more if people actually had access to that information and they weren't given that access. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you the, the other part too, is just the, the, the sheer fact of having for the second year in a row, the rug pulled out from under you because of COVID. I mean, everybody had it happen last year and, and this year it happened to NC state. So, you know, they didn't get a chance to compete for the national championship. Didn't get a chance to compete in the championship series, but if there was one saving grace, I think there were a lot of people, a lot of NC State fans that were really pulling for Mississippi State to, yeah. to win that national championship and beat Vanderbilt. You know, we, we remember Preston Palmero, who played for NC State. Mm -hmm. His dad, Rafael Palmero, was there as a former Mississippi State player. He came by the NC State Hotel to visit uh, with, you know, some of the coaching staff and, you know, the, the pitching coach for – for coach uh, for Mississippi State, former NC State pitching coach Scott Foxall. So I think there were a lot of connections there. State did win the national championship. It was just from the wrong state, from the perspective in the seat that we sit in. Yeah, and and by ousting uh, NC State on that Saturday, it gave Vanderbilt a competitive advantage because Jack Leiter, I assume, probably would have pitched on Saturday. By the way, his he, the he's still being shown on ESPN. Are you talking about outlighter? No, both of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and you know, uh, uh, 
Rocker's dad, Tracy Rocker, got a, got uh-huh. some FaceTime too. I don't think he and his mom are, are Tracy Rocker and his wife have changed their expression through the whole College World <laughs> Series. Well, think about it though, Jack Leiter. They didn't have to use him on that Saturday, so nope. he had a full week's rest in Game One of the final series, and he went out one. He he, I'm guessing he would have pitched on Saturday against NC State if that game's had played, and then all of a sudden they don't have him available the rest of the way. Maybe uh, on Wednesday in Game Three in a relief role, a limited role. Sure, but I mean that gave Vanderbilt, but by Claiming that game a forfeit on Saturday, it gave Vanderbilt a huge competitive advantage, and Mississippi State still was able to overcome that winning. Sure. Um, you know, the other part of this equation that is kind of hard to stomach and accept is, okay, the, the Learfield um, Director's Cup standings just came out. NC State as a university finished 23rd, which is second highest in program history. But in, NC State baseball – only got five points for being in the College World Series. They were listed as COVID. They were not able to complete the season. So they get five points as opposed to the first place team at the College World Series got 100 points. The second place team got 90 points. The third place team got 83 points. And the fourth place team got 80. So let's just say NC State was among the final four but couldn't complete it. Why in the world couldn't you just give them the points that they had earned by finishing fourth? So fourth would have been 80 points. If you add that minus the five that they got, add the 75 points to the total that they got to end the season and finish 23rd, they would have finished 19th in the Director's Cup standing. So may not be a big deal to others, but a top 20 finish sure would have, sure. you know, no, I'm not spitting on 23, but I like 19. I think 19 would have been good, and there was no reason why the baseball team, again, gets kicked in the teeth by not being able to finish the season, and they get five measly points when I just don't understand why that was the case when clearly they were one of the top four teams, top, you know, final four teams in baseball. So give them the points that they had earned. And by the way, the highest finish ever for NC State, 2017-18 season, the pack finished 15th in the Learfield Directors Cup. Uh, one more thing about the testing procedures at the College World Series. And again, the rules were there. They're, if you have access to the manual, you can see they were just sticking by their own rules. And that's why they made the decision they did. But it just proves, even though we've come such a long way here uh, in the last year with the vaccines and people getting going back out to work and you see crowds at the games now maximum crowds people going back to the mall restaurant it's we're getting closer to normal but we're still not completely back and you're reminded even with the vaccines it's a little tricky i think about glaber torres the shortstop for the new york yankees well he's kind of a shortstop he tries to be a shortstop he tries his best <laughs> He's more like a second baseman, but he's got to play shortstop with this very flawed team. Uh, you know, he had COVID in December, came back uh, a month or two later, he got vaccinated. And then um, a few months after being vaccinated, he tested positive again. Or think about John Rahm, the golfer who recently won the U.S. Open, but, but two weeks before the U.S. Open, he had a six-shot lead as he walked off the uh, 54th hole at uh, the Memorial Jack Nicholas's tournament in Ohio he had a big six shot lead. He was dominating just finished the best round of his life. And as he walked off the green on Saturday after his third round, PGA tour officials 
told him he had to withdraw because he had tested positive for the virus. Now, at that time, there was no information released on whether or not John Rahm had been vaccinated. The assumption was that he had not. But at the U.S. Open uh, presser a few weeks after that, he revealed, in fact, that he had gotten the first of two shots, either Pfizer or Moderna. We don't know which one it was. He said he had gotten the first shot, but he got the first one about only a week before he tested positive. And remember what they tell you, you get the first shot, you got to, it only starts kicking in after about two weeks. Right. So, and you can still get the virus after the first shot, but you know, it it, it wasn't at maximum potency yet one weekend. So he had gotten the vaccine, but it was only a week before he actually tested positive and had to withdraw from the tournament. I think the the point is here is you're going to have breakthrough. You're still seeing these breakthrough cases. The thing is in the country, this is, and I'm going to get back to baseball in a minute. Vaccinated people don't get tested anymore. That's correct. Because they don't get sick. You know, what's your motivation to go get, I'm I'm curious. You're not going to go, I'm going to go get tested for COVID. uh, Although I've been vaccinated. I'm just curious to see, you know, if I might have it. So most of the vaccinated people are asymptomatic. Therefore, they're not motivated to get a test. And the way the setup was in Omaha, of course, they say if you're vaccinated, you don't get tested. That's correct. The only way that vaccinated players or personnel would get tested would be, as it, as it said in the rules, if unvaccinated personnel had tested positive for the virus. And then that unleashes an across-the-board testing of the entire team. Right. Yeah. That's so, that's the third part of the the of the, right. of the rules that they can go in and say, okay, we feel like there are a number of uh, enough cases where we're concerned about even vaccinated players, so we're going to require everyone to be tested, and that's what ended up up happening. Because you're right, if if you had a full squad of vaccinated players, they would have never been tested. And that that leads me to my, my final point. And I don't think I'm going out on a limb here. Yeah. You think about these players and these coaches for three solid weeks in the NCAA tournament, they've been in and out of hotels. They've been around a lot of fans. They're shaking hands. They're having interaction with people because the longer you go in the NCAA tournament and eventually get to the college world series, you're going to interact with a lot more people. And, you know, I've described to you and you know it, you were out there, you know, college world series is like a mini final four. Yeah. So when you come down that elevator in the hotel, you're interacting with people. You're going to run to, you're going to see masses of people. You're walking around Omaha. That's right. People coming up to you and they say, Hey, you're my favorite player. I love your team. Keep it going. The the whole point is there's a pretty good chance. I would say that even vaccinated players on other teams, had they been tested, you probably would have had some positives. I agree. Simply I agree. because of these, uh, because you're around so many people at an event like this, it's inevitable that you're going to cross paths with somebody that has COVID, you know, and, and you, then we go back to you. We, we have evidence now of these breakthrough cases, even among vaccinated people, thankfully, the vaccine prevents people from getting sick and going to the hospital. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the most important thing. Well, particularly too, when it's the Delta variant that can dance around a few vaccinations itself. And, and, you know, the other thing too, is let's look at before everybody criticizes, well, why didn't the whole team get vaccinated? They should have been. Well, well, there are a couple of factors here. One is look at the national rate of people that are vaccinated. I think at the time of the, when state got 
sent home, it was like 46.6% of Americans have been fully vaccinated. Right. That's, a, that's right on the dot pretty much of how the roster of NC State's baseball program was as far as players are concerned. And I know some of the players, because the vaccine was not offered to their age group until their season had started. So some of the players were like, you know what, I'm going to put this off till the end of the season, because I don't know what kind of side effects it's going to have on me. I don't know how my body's going to react. I'm in the middle of my season and they prefer to wait until the end of the season. So you have a group of them. And then you have a group of people who just don't believe that they should be vaccinated and aren't going to be vaccinated, but that that's in line with what you see across America. So, you know, right. it, it's just one of those, and you couldn't make that up to have a season in that way. Just when what happened last year, we were saying the same thing. Are, are you serious? You mean a pandemic is going to end all sports and shut everything down? Well, unfortunately for the baseball program, they were, they had to go through it for, for two years in a row. You know, you're talking about the 4th of July. A lot of people went to the beach, uh, you know, and I'll tell you what, if, if you need, a, need to try to find a, a place at the beach, Ocean Air Realty, helping wolf packers from the Triangle to the coast accomplish their real estate goals throughout North Carolina, serving more than a third of the state, our team of full-time real estate professionals are experts at buying, selling, relocating, and helping clients expand their investment portfolios. Visit theoceanairrealty.com and start a conversation with us today. We have the experience you need to make your best move. And by the way, Tony, I just found out we're recording this on Wednesday. I just found out on Tuesday that a former NC State sports information person is an agent with Ocean Air Realty. Our good friend, Brandon Yop, if you remember him, who worked with football and did some basketball. So, you know, the, the small circle of life, you never know what, what, who, who you're going to end up talking to the, that you've met before that are, that's in a different field. But uh, I, th I thought it was a little interesting that Brandon is now working with and has been for a while, Ocean Air Realty. He's a go-getter, Brandon. So he's going to have a lot of success. And uh, we wish him all the best. All right, so let's talk about the good news because it was a year ago here in uh, early July. We're recording this podcast, by the way, on Wednesday, July 7th. I only say that because if you're listening to this podcast on Friday, did I say January? I said July 7th. Yep. If you're listening to this podcast on Friday, July 9th, and something monumental happens <laughs> by Friday yeah. involving NC State Athletics, and we don't talk about it, right. I just want to let you know. Thank we you. don't know that it's happened yet because That's we're recording exactly this right. on July 7th, yeah. right? Yeah. But we're sitting here a year ago on July 7th. We still don't know if it's going to be a football season, basketball season. You know, Everything <laughs> yeah. was in doubt. We're on hold. And now, uh, flash forward 12 years later, uh, 12 months later, and we've, we're talking about a uh, 23rd place finish in the Learfield Directors Cup and a uh, bevy of top 10 finishes for NC State sports teams and some championships as well. All in all, uh, just a, a tremendous year for NC State athletics. You have to congratulate Boo Corrigan, the coaches and the athletes. Because uh, they pulled together, they stuck it out, and they found a way to have a lot of success uh, in some very uh, unusual and difficult circumstances. Yeah, and it, it's interesting. You look at four teams finished in the uh, final poll, top five. Baseball, women's cross country, women's swimming and diving, women's tennis. 
Now, two of those sports produced national championships from an individual standpoint. Uh, women, actually, women's track and field was the one with uh, Ellie Hennis winning the 5,000 uh, just recently to win the national championship. It's the first time a Wolfpack woman has won that event since her mother, Laurie Hennis, did it 30 years ago on the same track in Oregon. That's just amazing to me. You look at swimming and diving. There were, uh, you know, relay teams winning national championships. Five individuals brought home national championships, either via relay or individually. Catherine Burkhoff, Sophie Hansen, Kylie Alonz, Julia Poole, and Serena Rowe. By the way, Sophie Hansen is, will compete for her home country in the Olympics. So you got all kind of things happening there with not just ACC championships, but national championships. And I think that's why you look at this season as one of the more successful in the history that NC State Athletics has ever produced. And the national footprint is truly starting to pick up some steam across the board at NC State. You look at some of these national finishes, women's cross country, they got 143 points, by the way, Learfield Directors Cup. They finished uh, second in the country. Men's cross country, 23rd. Uh, football finished 37th. But of course, we know um, what a successful season that was for Coach Doran and his team. Um, in fact, uh, winning seven conference games, most ever in school history. Now we know there were more conference games this past year because of the revised schedule. I'd rather win them than not win them. How about that? What, what's that? I'd rather win them than not win them. Yeah. yeah regardless of the semantics. <laughs> a strong showing for NC State football, particularly if you consider what happened the year before. Sure. Yeah, yeah, when they had they had an awful season and everything that could go wrong did go wrong with all the injuries and they had to uh, use a lot more young players than they expected to put on the field for that season and um, had to go know, to, to a backup quarterback. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, to come back and and pick up seven conference wins. So they certainly contributed to the high finish Learfield Directors Cup. But some of these other you look in the winter sports, uh, women swimming and diving finished second in the country. Uh, they had two relay titles and three individual championships. Wrestling, that's as solid a program as you have now in the country. Yep. Finished uh, sixth. Uh, men's swimming and diving posted an eighth-place finish. And they, these are national finishes, right? That's exactly right. We're not talking right. about the conference, okay? <laughs> these are, this is big-time big stuff. Women's basketball finished uh, as a top-ten team, as we know, uh, number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Gymnastics, a 13th national ranking at the end uh, and you go right down and then you get into spring sports um, uh, men's tennis I have them at uh, 17th yep men's golf men's golf finished 20th and uh, women's outdoor track and field 26 and then NC State although it only had five points for the Learfield Director Cup we mentioned the national rankings uh, a number three national ranking in two of the polls and uh, four other polls had NC State ranked fourth and then women's tennis, third in the nation. Uh, they, what a great story. They were a program best. Uh, they had individuals that, five individuals that were, four individuals that were all American, Anna Rogers, Adriana Riami, Elena Smith, and Jade Daniel. I mean, you look at what they accomplished, and they just kept getting better. And, you know, they had uh, two seniors, super seniors that came back in Rogers and Riami. And, you know, they just felt like, with the way the season ended last year, they wanted one more run. They didn't like the way it ended. So they came back and produced one of the most successful stories the women's tennis team has ever had. So, I, I you know, you look at those things, uh, super seniors coming back, 
people taking an extra year, uh, a COVID year, so to speak. That's why you are going to see a lot of familiar faces on the football team when they run out of Carter-Finley right. Stadium uh, on, on game number one because they have a lot of guys coming back. They do, and at this time next month, they'll be on the practice field. Exactly. I mean, we we got here the, very quick. It is. I mean, we've got the ACC kickoff that's going on in Charlotte on July 21st. And once you start that boy, it is you you're on the roller coaster and it's time to roll. And I'm anxious to see, I've seen some of the guys still working out on their own. They're doing a lot of things uh, individually by themselves and, and kind of getting ready for a lot of people are, are extremely optimistic on what NC state can do this year in the ACC and, and, and the nation, I think. I think it's a great opportunity with the players returning with a few influx of newcomers that they, they're, as, they're as talented, they have as talented a roster as anybody in the ACC. I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yeah, and if you work in college athletics, whether it's like us, a broadcaster, or your coach, your player, July is kind of a bridge month. You know, the first few weeks of July, the football coaches are taking their vacation because when yep. they get back that's right, to the office in a couple of weeks, they're going to hit the ground running and they're right. going to be in total grind mode right through the end of November uh, because they got to prepare for preseason practice and that'll be starting up in, uh, in early August. So that's not very far away. But the other thing you see in July is uh, you mentioned the ACC football kickoff. Um, you have a variety of luncheons that people attend to hear coaches talk about their teams. Uh, and next Thursday, there's a luncheon down in Charlotte. I think fans, NC State fans might be interested in hearing about, and you might have a chance to attend. That's why I'm mentioning it. But uh, next Thursday at the uh, Sheridan in Charlotte, July 15th, the Charlotte Touchdown Club gonna have their annual uh, speaker series and their featured speaker next Thursday will be none other than Philip Rivers. Coach Rivers. Coach Rivers now. Coach yeah. Rivers. <laughs> Wolfpack ain't for soft people. One of his best lines yeah. he's ever delivered. So if you're, uh, if you're in the Charlotte area or you want to drive to Charlotte, um, look it up online. Charlotte Touchdown Club. Philip Rivers is the featured speaker. And uh, for whatever reason, they invited me to introduce him. There you go. So I am honored and flattered to receive such an invitation because uh, I had a chance to broadcast off 51 of his games exactly right and uh, i'm introducing him now so i can't be up there long i got to be brief so you 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 see this career that features so many great performances and moments uh you have so many memories from from philip rivers career at nc state i'm just trying to figure out how i can make this brief uh introduction with so many things to talk about so i'm still working through that here you go tony ladies and gentlemen (laughs) <laughs> Philip Rivers. <laughs> no, you got to do a little more than that. You got to, uh, you know, actually, I think I know what I'm going to do, but, uh, yeah, looking forward oh, to that and that's awesome. hearing what he has to say. And then, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different time for him. This will be the first time in over 20 years that he's not getting ready to go to preseason football practice. Yeah. He's had football practice of his own to coach. So if you really want to stretch things out and if you, State fans, if you want to uh, drive to Charlotte and you want to take a long, leisurely drive to Charlotte, what about taking a tractor to Charlotte? Would you ever do that? How about hopping on an LS tractor where they and NC State Athletics are making a big commitment to the 
the community by honoring frontline workers who go above and beyond and deserve to be recognized. Nominate frontline heroes in your communities at gopack.com slash LS Tractor. Thank you, LS Tractor, for being a partner of NC State Athletics and for making a difference in the community. Might be a stretch to take a tractor to Charlotte. Um, you'd have some angry motorists out on 85 South. Oh, yes. I got behind one, uh, last week and it was one of those nice big John Deere tractors that had the enclosed air conditioning and it still was going so slow. I couldn't get by it, but oh, well. Yeah. And then you get on the other side of Kannapolis headed to Charlotte and go through Concord and you're near the motor speedway there. Uh, construction continues and will continue for the next oh. 150 years. <laughs> well, you can take that tractor and run over some orange cones if you need to, maybe. Right. That's bad. Uh, you've been, uh, I wanted to bring this up because uh, you've been keeping um, NC State fans informed about um, something that happened while you, was in, you were in Omaha. You had to leave the College World Series because, unfortunately, your mom uh, took a nasty little tumble and had to go to the hospital. So you had to spend a lot of time with her last week. How's she coming along? Making progress and a long process. And, um, you know, I appreciate everybody, you know, reaching out via social media. I, I just, you know, felt like I needed to post something as to why I came back from Omaha early, because a lot of times people have things going on in their private lives and uh, people kind of wonder, well, why aren't you there? Why aren't you doing this? And you know, this was just one of those situations where I felt like I needed to uh, kind of come forward. And yeah, mom, you know, she's lived, she's lived in her little house forever and she fell down the basement steps. And the amazing thing, Tony, she said, after I was there and I, I realized I could move my legs, move my arms, she climbed back up the steps so she could get to the phone and call somebody to come pick her up to take her to the Man. emergency room. Wow. I'm like, mom, holy mackerel. So anyway. I joked with her recently. I said, mom, I've got the cement truck lined up for Friday. We're cementing in your basement. <laughs> so we won't go to that drastic measure, but appreciate you bringing that up. And I, again, appreciate all the people uh, who've either hit me on social media, sent an email or a text. Uh, Cause uh, it, it really means a lot when, when you're in need of a little encouragement and I make sure mom, she doesn't have a computer. She's still got a flip phone. So I sit there and I'll read all the text messages and messages through social media. And I appreciate that a lot. It, it means a lot to our family. Yeah. Your mom sounds like she's quite feisty. Oh yeah. Never had the chance to meet her, but yep. based on your descriptions, uh, she's feisty. I just hope she never meets uh, coach Keats with that flip phone in her hand. <laughs> exactly. It's true. This is true, but you know, she's a, uh, she's a, uh, she's an independent person and, and, right. you know, that's, that's a, that's a good way to say she's stubborn. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll get things figured out moving forward. Yeah. For those who don't know, Kevin Keats really likes to pick on people who have flip phones. Oh man. I know. I know. I know. You know, he's got one still. He yeah. keeps well, it. If you have any, somewhere. if you have any technology that's like pre 2018, he's, he's coming after you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but when he sees that flip phone, mm, yep. run for the Hills. I'm going to tell you right now. This is you're going to hear about it. All right. We were talking about NC state, the cross country teams, uh, the swimming team, swimming and diving, these great athletes uh, and their great success over the last year. But all of them have one thing in common after they compete or practice, they're looking for an effective sports drink. 
Amen. Right. You need it. You need sure. it for recovery. That's right. And for recovery, for a successful recovery, you got to have the perfect ratio of carbs to proteins. And there's a sports drink out there that may, you may not, you're listening right now. It's delicious, but you don't think of it as a sports drink, but it actually is. In fact, it is the original sports drink. And I'm talking about chocolate milk. Wow. That's right. You can go out for a run and then go straight to the fridge and pour yourself a delicious glass of chocolate milk. Chocolate milk has a three to one carbs to protein ratio for recovery, which is absolutely perfect. You got uh, 38 carbs to 12 proteins. So keep that in mind when you finish up your next workout. And uh, that message from the Southland dairy farmers who want to remind you that milk is a part of everything that's good here, here. Amen. Cause when I was in uh, Omaha and went down to breakfast and saw in the refrigerator down there that they had chocolate milk, I just like, Hey, I'm going to treat myself to the original sports drink. And I did at least three mornings in a row based on what we've talked about and read about during this podcast for many, many weeks. Well, congratulations, NC State Athletics. You, you got, got that it. right. And, uh, you know, we, this was kind of our rear, a year in review uh, podcast, and there was so much to talk about. And we talk about the championship performances and the national rankings. And uh, really, it goes down as uh, across the board uh, with uh, many of the teams uh, across the board, one of uh, the most successful years we witnessed at NC State. And uh, congratulations to everybody who made that happen. Set the bar high for 21-22. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we're almost there. Gosh, so in a couple of good. weeks, we'll have plenty to talk about. Yes, we will. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Jeff, good seeing you. I'm glad your mom's doing better. Appreciate it, my man. And, uh, better days are ahead. Football season is just around the corner. So as I said, we'll be back here soon. We'll have plenty to talk about. Until then, you've been listening to the Inside NC State Athletics podcast powered by PNC Bank. For Jeff Bradley, I'm Tony Haynes. Enjoy the rest of your week and weekend. This has been the Inside NC State Athletics podcast. Powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics.